0: Hello and welcome to Series 2, Episode 1 of the Right For Your Life Podcast. It's all changed around these parts and uh, I'd like to introduce straight away uh, Mr Michael Hurley from the 70 Decibels Podcast Network. Hello Michael.
1: Hello sir, how are you?
0: I'm very well, I'm quite excited about all this. Um, We
1: need to explain what's going on, don't we? I think we should, I think that's a good idea. So, um, 70 Decibels is a podcast network that's based in the UK, and we have a bunch of shows at the moment, um, some technology-based shows, some entertainment shows, um, and me and you have got to know each other over the last couple of years, and and I've been badgering you about doing something on the network. Um, And then whilst we were talking, um, you you suggested to me, which I thought was a superb idea, and I practically bit your hand off, about bringing this show over. Indeed. So here we are.
0: Indeed. So from now on, Right For Your Life uh, will be part of the 70 Decibels Network.
1: Indeed, which is fantastic news.
0: It is. I'm very and happy I'm about it. I'm
1: going to be here all the time, aren't I? I'm lurking around in the corner. You
0: are, and that's kind of the, the best thing about it for me. For everyone that's listened so far, you'll know that uh, I usually kind of... I record something whenever it comes to me, or if I've got a guest or something like that, then um, it's usually a bit longer, so sort of a 30- or 40-minute episode, something like that. Um but it's, uh, it can be quite sporadic, so I've just kind of done it whenever I can, because for goodness sake, I'm a busy man. Um, uh, probably not that busy, but, you know, relatively busy. Uh, but this means now it's going to be a weekly show.
1: Yes, because now I'm your producer. I won't allow any, any sporadicness. We need I, consistency room at all
0: times. I had no idea you were calling yourself a producer. That's I
1: am a producer. I am now your producer. Uh, Marvellous. And I hope that we've turned a corner in our relationship now. <laughs>
0: in a way yes <laughs> okay so what are we doing today we're going to do a bit of an introduction because there's going to be a lot of people who don't know who you are and there's going to be a lot of people who don't know who i am um but as i'm probably most important um we are i don't mean that i'm going to say a lot of things like that where i sound you like i'm more
1: important you're the talent
0: well i'm supposed to the only one who's Got a background in writing, which is handy because that's what we're going to talk <laughs> about today. Um, so I thought it'd be useful to give a bit of an overview of um, of w- where I am now with uh, my writing and um, w- kind of how I got here very briefly. It won't be, it sounds really boring already, but I'll try and make it interesting. Um, there's a bit in where there's a dog who uh, falls in love with a child. It's, it's going to be fine um and so i'll do that i'll run through those things and um and hopefully that will give listeners a better idea of um what's to come so uh, one thing we probably ought to say uh, from the start as well of course is that right for your life so far the podcast has been about i guess m- mainly writing fiction or poetry or, or um that kind of thing creative writing but um we're going to we're going to also include in our discussions uh writing for the web um copywriting copy editing yep. that kind of thing because um i work for i'm a copywriter for a design company as well as a person who writes um uh fiction so yes um so does that that sound about all right sounds great <clears throat> i mean the one thing that we have in common michael uh, you may not be sort of a person who writes a lot but the, what you what you have done with the 70 decibels network is um, spend your time out of your day job uh, creating something because you felt like you wanted to and, and you 've done it off your own off your own back
1: yeah see so that's, that's, that that 's definitely something we share in common is that we both have proper jobs and then we come home and and dick around and make something of our own
0: absolutely and it's you kind of one of my points and I think this 'll come across when I start going through this sort of uh, what we 're about to go through is that you kind of have to do do that if you want to get anywhere with writing unless you're two things unless you're absolutely minted um, or unless you have uh, a ridiculous amount of time in your hands and those two things very often go together Um, so that's when people tend to be able to just okay I'll write a novel yeah I'll just uh, write a novel in uh, a couple of weeks Um, but generally most people have to fit um, writing books around um, some other kind of job and that goes for very well known famous well published authors too most of them have to most of those people have to do a sort of a day job as well. Mhm. Anyway, I'm out of breath already. <laughs> you busy man. I know. Well, not really. I'm just trying to just move in house. I don't want to share too much, but uh, just moving in house. I spent the day painting. I'm absolutely uh, shattered. It's dedication. Never mind. What well, is dedication? Um, so, the uh, first thing I wanted to talk about was why there. There are three things really. There are three. I kind of for this podcast I drew a little timeline of stuff that I've done and then I realised there were three sort of key decisions that made me uh, kind of get to where I am now and I should probably say that where I am now is uh, I have a, a completed novel and I have uh, an agent for my novel and we're currently in the process of um, uh, trying to get it published. Um, and on the other hand, I'm also, uh, during the day, I'm a professional copywriter for a design company called The Workshop, where I uh, I copyright and, uh, or write copy. And I, I copy edits, proofread, I do usability and access uh, accessibility uh, stuff for websites, wireframing, Uh, information architecture, all that kind of thing. So what I'm about to talk about is kind of how I ended up doing those things. Um, And it all started with that dog that I talked about not too long ago. So it was the first story I ever wrote. I think everyone, every writer kind of has that, uh, that first thing that they remember doing. I might've written something else before then, but it was the first thing that kind of stands out. And I reckon I was about 11 or 12 years old. And I was, um, we were given this kind of task to uh, recreate, a modern version of Romeo and Juliet. And um, I decided to make it a love story about a young boy and the dog that lived next door. I mean, that's worrying, isn't it, really?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned where this is going. It doesn't go
0: anywhere. In fact, I completely changed the engine of Romeo and Juliet and, and I, I, I found it whilst I was moving house about three or four months ago when we first started the process of moving house. And I didn't read it all, but I read the end bit. I thought, how on earth did I end that? And um, thankfully, it was all fairly tasteful. He just sort of said, oh, it's um, decided not to bother. You're a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was 11 years old. I guess I got to the end and thought, hang on, this can't be right. But the point was, I'd started, and every writer needs a starting point, I think. Um, and it didn't get much better when I was about sort of 15, 16, and I wrote, I started writing poetry. Again, it was probably something that we were given, some sort of lesson in class. And um, I wrote my first, my first real serious poem, and I mean, it was really, it was very deep. Mm. It was called um, He is the Pine Glass.
1: Ooh,
0: I know. Half you know, empty or half full. Well, it's funny you should say that, Mike, because the very final three lines, if I remember rightly, were the pint glass is empty. He is empty. He is the pint glass.
1: Oh, that's deep, broom.
0: I know, all my mates, uh, they bullied me for a while afterwards, actually.
1: You must Uh, have been going through a really tough time.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what I was going through. I've absolutely no idea what I was going through. But the point was, I'd now written something else, and believe it or not... I'd got good feedback, and and uh, my teacher he says to me, "Oh, you know this is this is uh, quite good. You should keep doing this." And he said that to me, and I thought, "You know what? I think I might carry on," and um and and so I did. And again, it was that kind of starting point as a near adult, uh, where I thought, oh, "Well, someone thinks it's all right. I'm going to keep doing it." Obviously, now I look back and know it's ridiculous. Um, so from then on, I kind of kept doing bits and pieces, the odd short story, nothing. I didn't really take it that serious, uh, that seriously, but when it came to doing my A-levels and uh, choosing which university to go to, I, um, I very, I made, this is my first decision, by the way. This is my first sort of, um, I don't know what to call them. What shall I call them?
1: Um, temple.
0: Call it a temple. Landmark. Landmark. That's good. Yeah. I'm not sure what you're calling it, a temple for, I mean, I mean. No, we won't get it. No, no, no. no.
1: no. Okay, Leave. let's call it move on.
0: Let's call it a landmark. So my first landmark was actually making a decision to be a writer because I think at some point you have to do that as well. And it just so happened that I did that when I was um, going to university so 18. So I had to decide where to go to and there were lots of uh, I was always going to do an English degree, but there were lots of straight English literature degrees um, that I kind of was Predicted the grades for and that kind of thing, um, but I made the decision to go to um, uh, Sheffield Hallam, and the reason I decided to do that um, was because they had this creative writing element of the of the course, and um, I decided that I would probably be bored on the English lit side of things, and decided to just. Uh, Go for something, I guess, a touch more lighthearted. You know, in the grand scheme of things, the course itself was probably a little bit easier. I mean, it had a reasonable reputation. But the fact was, I'd made this decision where I'd, like a big life decision, which was based around wanting to write. And I think looking back now, it was probably I had in my mind I wanted to write for a living then. I'm not sure if if I actually did or not, but I I guess so. So that was my first thing, making a, a decision. I feel like i talked for a long time. So how does that relate to you, Mike? Do you feel like you made a decision where you thought, right, I'm going to be a podcaster? Because you, you must have started doing the audio stuff and didn't really think, you know, didn't really know where I was going to go. There must have become a decision where you thought, I'm actually going to try and do this seriously because this is half your life now.
1: Yeah, so um, with the first show that, that I did, The Bro Show um me and uh, Terry my co-host we were just both into technology and we just we used to have a lot of long conversations on the phone and just thought why don't we just make these for the world to hear um and then that you know that kind of started something really um and then from there we kind of just carried on just doing more and more and 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 you know in the end I was bringing more and more people into the into the fold. It wasn't a network then. We just wanted to do more shows. So, as we started to have guests on the bro show and we were bringing in uh, people into sort of our little group, and they were people we had on quite a lot, I thought, well, you know, we enjoy this, or I enjoy this, is what I thought. Why don't I ask these people if they want to do shows too? So, I stood doing another and another. Um, and then in October um, of 2011, we turned everything into the, a, ne- a network of shows and uh, right for your life is the seventh show that's part of the 70 decibels network um, and we're going to be bringing in another couple more this year um, i'm not going to be on those not on, on all of them anyway i'm on i'm host i am a co-host on every show at the moment um, and we're going to start bringing in ones that i'm not involved in so much um but sort of once once it got to the point of launching the second show, um, which is called Enough, which is about sort of um, Apple and minimalist computing and, and philosoph- philosophical stuff uh, with Patrick Rowan from Minimal Mac. Um, at that point, I thought, you know, what? I enjoy this hobby of mine so much that I think I could make a proper go at it. And maybe one day it'd be all I do, um, because there are, you know, some podcast networks and they make make a fair fair amount of money and it's enough to sustain people for their living um, and that's kind of what i would like to do so it, you know in the same sort of idea i just was enjoying something like the romeo and juliet dog story um that was my first part and then as it went on and on from there um i just carried on building on my skills and enjoying it more and more and, and here i am today at the point where we're we're doing pretty well as a network. I mean, we're able to convince Ian to come on board, so we must be doing okay. Um, and so, hopefully, within the next maybe couple of years or whatever, it will be all I do, and I won't have to go to do my dreary day job.
0: Well, the way you're going, it probably will do. But I mean, it sounds like you it's uh, in the course of I don't know what a couple of years. You've you've kind of you you've built a large uh, a large. Yeah. <laughs> a large thing outside of uh, outside of your your day job, uh, and and you're you're well on the way, I would say, to making it into the thing that you do. That's and 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 I'm still I'm I'm ten years down the line, and I'm still in fact more than that, twelve years down the line, and I'm I'm still aiming for it. I mean, I don't my 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 goal was to have a a, a published novel, and blimey, has the publishing industry changed since that was my goal? But it's still kind of my goal, and um, and uh, these things do take time, and I think that's one thing that we'll probably talk about in future episodes is how easy it is to give up and and the fact that actually to to write anything of any any sort of substance whether it's a a successful website or whether it's um, a a novel collection of short stories it really doesn't matter Um, or to become a journalist there's going to be uh, various uh, periods where it's just unbelievably hard work Mm. um, and there's no real there's no real getting away from that anyway i digress slightly i'm going to go on to my second clash point no, we didn't call it a clash point, did we? I've just made a new word for
1: it. It was a landmark, but
0: now... A landmark. No, it's going to be a clash point now. We can say what we want. Okay, we'll um, change
1: it. Every single one gets a new name.
0: I, I'm gonna, that means I'm going to be thinking about the third one instead of actually thinking about what I should be saying. Oh but never mind. This clash point um, is is quite unusual um, for people who write fiction. Um, so I I did my degree. I'm cutting out about three years of my life here. But I did the I did my... English degree, and I did well, especially in the creative writing part of it. And I, I was glad that I chose to go to Sheffield Hallam, and um, everything was going great because I got onto Sheffield Hallam's MA, which was uh, and still is uh, very well regarded. So, a lot of great tutors um, that, are, that are on there. So, Sean O'Brien was um, who's a, a very well known poet, as I'm sure some people listening will know. Um, he was my tutor uh, for. Uh, short story and poetry, I think. Uh, The late uh, Archie Markham, E.A. Markham, he was um, kind of just some kind of god to me. He was, uh, I could hang up his every word. So I had these, when I was doing the Masters as I moved on from my undergraduate degree to my Masters, I had all this fantastic uh, tuition and of course I was in an environment with lots of other people um, uh, of a similar standard and uh, who also wanted to be writers and wanted to get books published and it makes such a difference when you're surrounded by people who have the same goal. Um, but the, the the crucial part came, this is my clash point, um, is um, at the same time, of course, at some point, you have to get an actual job. So my first real job was um, as publications officer for Sheffield Hallam University. i like to keep it in the family. Pretty much was doing everything for the university <laughs> then. My degree, my master's, and my first job were all there. Um, and I was working for the marketing department. And um, I was basically editing their prospectus. Um, and it was kind of, a, when I first got there, it was a bit of a, a weird job. I guess I was a little bit overqualified, but it was kind of half an admin job. So just up, updating uh, the, the database, really, of, of prospectus entries for the, for the online prospectus. Um, but um, the, this other half was that you, you had to kind of know how to write as well if you're going to do that. And the clash point came when, um, uh, as part of that job, I had to uh, l- kind of learn or, or um, get used to, I guess, uh, writing in plain English. So they had a very strict policy um, of uh, that everything had to be plain English. And I would love to get to a plain English uh, episode of this podcast, because I think basically anyone could become a, a better writer in a very short space of time just by learning the, the few principles of plain English. But um, I shall save that for a different time. But what happened was I had to... Um, I had to think about every single sentence that I was writing for the prospectus. I mean, the job itself, I guess, was fairly tedious. The thing about prospectuses, Mike, is that they come around once a year. Therefore, if you've worked there three years, you've done the same thing three times. So,
1: <laughs> which is a lot, really, is it?
0: Yeah. I mean, and also I was, um, well, you know, I was, I was young, fresh-faced, and um, as a result, I was uh, sort of, any time there came a job where they needed someone to... Looked like they might be a student. I was still kind of just in the bracket where they could send me out with a photographer, make me smile in front of something, and uh, pop me on a billboard. Um, oh, quite,
1: famous face!
0: Yeah, quite exciting. Very embarrassing. Surely, but, surely, Google Image Search could could find something. Um, I've never tried. I hope that I've I hope that I've kind of put myself on so many things on the internet. Uh, not like that for crying out loud, but you know what I mean. I'm uh, <laughs> signed up to so many services that it might have made that go quite low now
1: what year are we talking uh two
0: thousand and through which is a combination of two and three because i'm not sure which which one 2003 probably but you could be there a while because i don't think it actually exists
1: Uh, i'm basically just google searching 2003
0: billboard (laughs) well you give us a shout when it you'll not find it then it's i wasn't like one of the biggest billboards in the world (laughs) you never know they might have it it was like a little sign outside the front of the university.
1: Mm.
0: I was also wearing a hat, which is less
1: relevant. What sort of hat are we talking about?
0: Uh, it was like a brown beanie with sort of a white stripe down the side. I mean, I didn't, I didn't look at the picture much or anything, you know.
1: Yeah, clearly not. If I find anything, show noted, it will be. I'll okay,
0: we... Needed. We need to talk about Shownated as well because I think that's a Portman too gone wrong. But um, uh, we can save that for another episode as yeah, well. And I would upset at least seven of the people on the network if I. <laughs> yeah,
1: if let's, I, let's keep that for at least episode two.
0: Yes. Okay. Anyway, so basically, I learned how to uh, write uh, in plain English, which means that I suddenly became this um, uh, great editor. So I, uh, out of sort of before that, my short stories were quite—they weren't flouncy. Um, but they were, you know, they were as everyone is when they're in the first couple of years of writing something. You've got more words in than you really need, and you're not very good at you're not very good at knowing what should be in there and what shouldn't. Um, and learning all these plain English principles really got me to batten down the hatches and, and really make uh, my writing, my fiction, this is much more concise. Um, and that led to me starting my novel, which was about seven years ago, I think, which is an awful long time. Um, and as I say, I wrote it in in the evenings and uh, weekends, whenever I got chance, holidays, that kind of thing. Um, and then I got a new job. So the job I where I work now is, uh, as I said at the start of the episode, was is at the workshop, which is a, a really quite rather good uh, design company uh, based in the UK and um i had to learn lots of other new skills then so all this you know write, writing for the web and usability principles information architecture all sorts of things that we'll talk about in later episodes um so uh but whilst i was doing that changing into this new role this new job um i was writing the novel and and again and this is my my third um uh, moment of uh truth oh that's rubbish isn't it i can't believe that's the best i could come up with moment of truth how embarrassing Never mind. I'm going with it. My third moment of truth was um, uh, actually deciding to finish my novel, and that might sound like a very obvious thing when I was clearly quite a long way into it. But um, I, uh, once once I was out of the system of uh, being uh, of having taken the MA, once I was out of the I guess the postgraduate system, um, and it was all up to me to finish the novel. There were so many times where I. Just thought, why am I doing this? It's I, I've got uh, you know a girlfriend, <laughs> I've got friends, I've got uh, this new job that I need to do. I need to learn how to I need to learn how to wireframe a website without looking like a nit for crying out loud. Um, and I would look at my novel and see this, you know, I don't know forty thousand words and think and, and thinking how the heck am I going to get this finished? Um, but something inside me said I have to because years and years ago when I was writing here's the pint glass, and then choosing which university to go to. What I had in mind was to be a writer for a living, a published author. That's what I wanted, a career as a published author with not just one novel, but several novels. And it's been hard work so far, and it will be hard work again. Um, But I need to do this, otherwise I will never forgive myself. So that was my my third kind of um, epiphany. There's another one. Uh, where I just made that decision where I'm going to actually um, – what's the word? What, the, what were the Americans use? I've heard this before on other podcasts. Ship, isn't it? I decided I was yeah, going to ship. ship.
1: Yeah.
0: So I shipped. I decided I was going to ship, and I shipped. Um, and then – so here we are. And then I've got an agent, so uh, I'll just get through another two, three, two or three years of my life. Managed to find an agent. We'll talk about that later, no doubts, and um, in the process of trying to get published.
1: Awesome. Now, see – There's a, I mean, again, we're just bringing up loads of stuff we're going to talk about. Now, you have your book written, and in this day and age, all you'd need to do is go to Amazon, right, and just put it up there. But you don't want to do it that way. You actually want to be published and have a contract in a bookshop. Yeah, I mean, this is. you could just release that digitally, no problem.
0: Yes, and this is definitely at least three. Different episodes as to why yeah. that's my decision to go to be uh, to go the traditional route, but uh, yes, that is what I'm planning to do
1: because that really interests me. I mean, we've had actually offline conversations about it as well. Um, so I think what we're doing now is we're just setting up really the next few shows, inadvertently hoping people will stick around because of the <laughs> extremely interesting things that we're talking about. Now, before before we we wrap this one up, and um, we'll try and keep it to half an hour, which would be nice, eh? Um, there is another reason why I've want to do this show with you. Um, now, this is something that I've not spoken about anywhere publicly, and I Michael, 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 Michael. Yes, yes, yes. Tell us more. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me something had broken somewhere. No,
0: I was preparing myself for this.
1: It's good. Um, so, this isn't as I say. It's not. So, I haven't shared this publicly, but it's it's the time now, especially doing this podcast. I'm currently working on a book. Um, now, this is. Something that's very alien to me, um, and also in doing this show, I'm hoping that Ian will be able to help me through, um, as I ask him many questions like Ian, why can't I write? what's wrong with me? Um, so I'm working with uh, we have a, a mutual friend, Randy Murray um, from First Today Press. He has a, that's his publishing company, and he's published some books of the co-host of the The Enough podcast, Patrick Roney he's written a couple of books, and they've been going through there as well. Um, and it's going to be all about podcasting. So, that, that is what I know. It's what I do. And it's going to, you know, I'm, I'm looking to, to write a book about what it takes from A to B to think of a podcast and how to cultivate the idea and what you need to do to turn it from an idea into a show. So, it's going to be more of like an instructional book, really, like a how to guide as opposed to any fiction, which could also be interesting because we're both coming at, coming at it from different, different standpoints, I guess. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, know. I think that there will be some people that are, are listening to this who are, you know, fans of the network and stuff that will be excited to hear that because I know I get these questions asked of me quite a lot, um, and I'd started a, a blog um, which I called the uh, the podcasting project where I'd started to to no- note some of this stuff down, which was then where I thought, hmm, I could turn maybe turn this into a book, and me and Randy got to talking in, and you know, we got a contract done and. And I've been writing it, and it's meant to. I think it was. Me, I was meant to have the first draft in by now, and that's not happened. Okay, so, first
0: lesson. First lesson, Mike. You do not say that kind of thing publicly.
1: Okay. <laughs> so I could, Well, Randy's okay with it. I'm sure.
0: I'm joking. Of course, you can. You can tell people what you like. <laughs> I mean, I think it's marvelous news. I think if uh, I, I'm delighted for you, and I think that it's a great idea. I think it will sell very well. Um, I know that I would, if I hadn't hadn't got you to now be, as you call yourself, my producer, I would definitely be buying it because I had all kinds of trouble trying to work out the right system for getting a podcast uh, set up, recorded, and put out there as quickly and as easily as possible. I spent a lot of time doing that. And um, so I would be your uh, prime market, and there are many other people out there that need that kind of information, and also that need the information from um, that kind of Beginners kind of guide right th- right through because I know that you, I know that I know that you are kind of on your own kind of journey, aren't you? You're on your yeah. way to you can't afford to buy all the best possible equipment in the world at the moment. And I'm sorry if I'm really revealing any kind of financial information. No, no,
1: that's fine. That's fine. You
0: can say that. <laughs> but, but who can for crying out loud? It costs exactly. an absolute fortune. It really um, so. Does. It's it's. I think I think it will be absolutely uh, fantastic, and I look forward to reading it. And I'm delighted that you chose this show in order uh, uh, from which to uh, from which to spout forth this wonderful news.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm, something else that you know. Since the introduction of iBooks author, um, Mm. which is something that I mean, I know it's uh, it's necessarily not the freshest of news, but this is definitely something we want to talk about. Maybe the next episode, actually.
0: Yeah, I mean I, we, I think to. we will do some we will do some news on that as well, I think. It won't yeah. just be me talking about my life.
1: No. But um th- that to me is potentially a really good tool to get this done. Um but you know, I'm I'm looking you know I'm looking at having it in print and in digital formats as well, but I mean I don't so I don't know when it's gonna be done as I'm still working on the first draft, but um I have Randy's very good to me and he edits my stuff quite thoroughly because I need that. Um, because all I have is the ideas, and I'm not—I'm not so good with the words. But it's—it's it's, it's been an inter- it has been It's been—it's an interesting process for me so far, and I'm looking forward to sharing it with with the listeners as well as I'm going through it and, and trying to learn about how to do this stuff.
0: Yeah, it's—it's—it's—it's no, it's, it's, it's great. It's fantastic. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, uh, I'm made up for you.
1: Thank you, mate. So, Mr. Broom, I think, I think we can put a lid on this one.
0: I think we should because it's steaming.
1: Yes, steaming indeed. So Sorry, I, hope that, I hope that people have, have enjoyed this. This is just really, as, as Ian said, an introduction into who we are and, and what's going to be about. I think if you've heard us rattling on and saying we'll talk about that, talk about that later, and that excites you, then please make sure you stick around because these are things that um, we will definitely want to talk about. I'm going to make sure Ian listens to this um, episode again and notes down all of the things that we've said we're going to talk about later. Um, cause... I've already
0: just uh, written <laughs> down never say...
1: It's steaming again. Oh, there you go. So we're learning as we go as a duo. Um, I should have known. I guess one thing people can definitely expect from this show is a lot of very British humour. I, well, I, I guess so. Oh, really it's, a, a it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem
0: with being British, I think.
1: <laughs> we have this sense of humour that when uh, we're together, it's only bad things can happen.
0: I'm in, I'm in a slightly manic sort of state of mind just because I'm in the middle of moving house as well, so I, hopefully I'll calm down slightly as well.
1: And you are slightly insane as well, so... <laughs> A bit of both, really. So, where can people find you online, Mr. Broom, if they don't already know where you are?
0: Yeah, so the Right for Life podcast is one um, uh, branch. It's an arm. It's uh, part of um, Right for Life dot net, which is my blog, which is uh, um, all about writing, where I I post links to interesting writing and publishing related things, um, and I offer my own commentary. But then I also do my own articles um and bits of advice and that kind of thing as well and that's at right you can also find me on twitter of course mm-hmm. at ian broom and i'm gonna to have to say that aren't i because it's a stupid spelling so it's
1: i-a-i-n-b-r-o-o-m-e the problem with your your name which i'm sure you've come across many times is both things sound easy to spell but neither are the way you expect it's true but obviously i will put a link in the show notes to your twitter handle of course of course i'll do that for you marvelous so you know, as we've mentioned a bunch of times, because it is the exciting, the first piece of exciting news is that Right for Your Life is now part of the Seventy Decibels Network at 70decibels.com, which is where you can find everything that I do. Um, if this is the first time you've you've come ac- into contact with the network, go to. Go take a look at the site and poke around the show pages because there might be something there that excites you or interests you in some way. Um, And we have a a show that's going to be hopefully debuting within the next couple of weeks. don't want to say too much about it, but I think that there might be a bit of a crossover between these audiences, um, and I think that they'll enjoy that thoroughly. But I will definitely talk about that episode uh, on an episode of this show when we launch. Um, You can also get me on Twitter. I'm at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Also like Ian, not as you'd expect. No. Mr. Broome, thank you very much. Thank you for joining the network, and, and it's an absolute pleasure and an honour that you've allowed me to be a part of this with you.
0: Well, thanks for having me. It's much appreciated. I'm very pleased to be here.
1: Good. So, should we say goodbye?
0: We shall indeed. Until next time. Cheerio. Farewell.